0: Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting.
1: Bite-sized agency briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman, from Agency Outsite, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Uh, my guest today, I'm really excited to be talking with Tracy Schubert Barrett. She's the president and founder of Navigate the Journey and the author of her new book, "What If There's More." Uh, Tracy, thanks so much for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
1: I'm. This is episode 40. I'm pretty pumped. It's a cool round number. Uh, uh congratulations. This kind of. St- to me, was like, eh, maybe there's an idea here. Let's launch a podcast. And it sat for a long time. And so to see this momentum and to be able to have people I admire like yourself on uh, really is pretty cool. So um, I'm ex- I got a bunch of cool things I want to talk about because you have had such a journey. And I guess your probably most popular question is, what was it like launching a billion-dollar media empire? You were involved in, in the initial launch of HGTV. Can you kind of talk about what that excitement was like for you for 20 years?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny because as you work with a ton of entrepreneurs, I do as well. And it's it was just like any other entrepreneurial endeavor, you know, just mm-hmm. a scrappy group of people with an idea. Um, just it was a small group, too. And we... We're trying to, you know, piece together a cable network, and back in the early '90s, when, when cable was kind of like what you think of the internet and the, mm-hmm. early, you know, early 2000s, it's like it was the wild frontier. Everybody wanted to start a cable network, and there were so many cable networks launching that didn't make it. So there was no guarantee, mm-hmm. and we all knew that. I think the year that we launched, or the time that we launched, we launched the very last day of 1994. There were 25 other networks that launched around those, you know, the last day of the year, the first day of the next year, and only two survived. Wow. Including HGTV. So it wasn't a slam dunk. I think there were, you know, a lot of us that were super hopeful. We thought we had a great idea. Mm -hmm. Our founder, the man who came up with the idea, Ken Lowe, he was just so dynamic. He was so good at at really, um, crafting mission and vision and core values and and instilling it into us. And I bought it hook, line and sinker Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I think it was a group of people that were really dedicated to, um, seeing this come to fruition and we had a great time putting it together, but in the beginning it was hard. Nobody knew who we were and, um, you know, it took a long time to get full clearance on television. And then once we did, it took off, you know, and it was, it was fun to see all the different evolutions of that network. And it was a good group of people, which is why I stayed for so long. But, you know, we grew from, I was a 25th hire to thousands of people and we bought the food network and we started other networks. And so it it became a, a much bigger entity, but I feel blessed because it was the best training ground as an entrepreneur and to be able to see a company from like non-existence all the way through, we took it publicly, you know, took it public and then um, eventually it's been sold a couple of times since. But to see it through all those iterations, I think was like better than any MBA I could have ever gotten. It It was fabulous. Yeah.
1: And now it's probably tough if you're, now that you're not in it, seeing it go through transitions and saying, what are you doing to my baby? What are you, Mm -hmm. that's not how we did it. That's not what it was supposed to be. That's got to be really challenging. Um, was it a lot like startup life is today where it's like bootstrapping and and kind of getting, getting VC money or was it not, Or was it backed by a, a media company already or how did it get going?
0: Yeah, it was backed by E.W. Scripps, um, who basically just own local television stations, and Mm -hmm. they wanted to, you know, try out cable and see if they could expand to like a national presence. Um, And so for them, they saw the promise of cable television. And so this was kind of their, you know, they took a chance. They didn't give us as much money as we needed, but they gave us enough money to get (laughs) off the ground. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was super scrappy in the beginning it's like anything you can imagine where it's like all right hit the ground hit the pavement get go out mm-hmm. there you know talk to ad agencies talk to to clients and just get money you know because cable networks run on advertising dollars and so sure. it's all about that and then the more money we got the better programming we were able to make so it's just like any company you know you start out the programming looks kind of sad and You know, you do the best you can, but then when you get more money, you create better shows, you get better talent and, you know, and you build it into what it looks like today.
1: So fast forward, you left there after 20 years. Mm -hmm. Was there like an event, a crash for you? Like what, what was that like moment for you where it said, I got to do something else or this isn't working for me or.
0: Yeah, it was, it was after my 40th birthday, I was like in my forties, had two kids at home, small kids at home super busy life you know my husband was super busy and and you know i've basically grown up there and so i Mm -hmm. started to get a little restless it wasn't like i was unhappy necessarily i liked my boss i liked the company i felt super comfortable there i was basically on autopilot Mm -hmm. and i think i was as you do when you kind of cross over 40 you look at the second half of your life and you think okay do i want to keep doing what i'm doing do i want to pivot do I stay where it's comfortable and safe? Do I take a leap of faith and do something different? I was flying all over the country constantly because I was one of the executives. So I'm like always in New York or always, you know, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I wanted to be more present for my family. Nobody was getting the best part of me. And so I couldn't figure out what to do next or how to wrestle through those questions. And I just kind of up and quit, which Mm -hmm. was shocking to everybody around me because I had this dream job and, and i think people thought i was crazy and maybe i was a little bit crazy but i think i felt like you know who am i outside of hdtv what's my identity what do i really want to do can i you know create a life with more autonomy and agency and more um you know figure out who i am outside of this and maybe stretch my wings a little bit and and see what happens. So it was super scary, but Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was definitely a leap of faith. So I left and decided that I would take a break and figure out what I wanted to do next.
1: Mm -hmm. So the leap of faith was really powered by a lot of courage, uh, like just whatever's going to be is going to be, we're going to figure it out as a family. You probably imagine you had support of your family, but this is not there was a wake-up call this is not what success is for me this is not what my true happiness is and like you said nobody was getting the best versions of you
0: yeah yeah it was, I, I feel like you know I have been told my whole life as many of us are like you can have it all you can do anything mm-hmm. you can do anything you want to do you can have it all especially women are like mm-hmm. you know like try to carry this kind of weight or banner and I think you know I realized well I guess I do have it all, but why am I not satisfied? And I find the more people I talk to, especially at that kind of crossroads of life are saying the same thing. Like I chased everything you told me I was supposed to chase. I checked off Mm -hmm. all the boxes you told me I was supposed to, you know, I have the, the big title and the money and the, you know, success. And now I'm still wanting for more. What is that about? You know? And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, along the way, you know, early in my days of HGTV, I'd got my master's in psychology because I thought that was like the cool thing to do because I had been pushed into management really early in my career because, you know, that's what happens in a startup. It's like, you're the warm body, like you lead the people. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to get my MBA because I already had my business degree. So I was like, I'm going to get my master's in psychology. And I just became completely obsessed with motivational theory, like what drives us and I think, you know, so many of us are driven, whether we know it or not, by what people are telling our society is telling us we should be driven by. And I think when I woke up and realized, like, you know, this is why I called my book, What If There's More, because I kept saying, there's got to be more, like, what if there's more out there for me? And I realized, you know, what I was doing was sort of pushing into that self-actualization mode where I was aware that I wanted to kind of reach my full potential or, or, or I wanted, all, I wanted it all to mean something more to me. And so I wanted to kind of go and discover what does that mean? You know, everybody's telling us to live our best life, but that's great. It sounds wonderful, but what is my best life? Mm-hmm. And so I started to just sort of dig into that process of like, how do you figure out what the best version of you is? And then what is the life that fits you? And that became sort of my quest. And, yeah. and that journey is what I write about in my book.
1: So fast forward, you launched Navigate the Journey. You wrote a book. You work with leaders across a bunch of verticals on how do they figure out what their significance is, well, what success means to them, but then what is their significance beyond that or is that inclusive? What's that process look like from like a workshop standpoint?
0: yeah. So, what I do is what's called strategic life map. And, and basically, it's a strategic plan for your life. So, you know, one of the things Navigate the Journey is known for is strategic planning. So, we help companies scale their businesses. And my husband's sort of the master of that. And, and we own the business together. And so, he's, you know, doing his thing, really helping, you know, agencies and companies scale and grow. And what I've done is taken some of those traditional tools and then married them with like some psychology tools and, and basically created a framework where people one-on-one can kind of go through the process of saying, okay, I want to figure these things out. I want to look at my life full 360 and I want to see, you know, what got me to where I am today? Mm -hmm. Who am I today? Like what, you know. What are my unique talents? What are my true passions? What are my core, personal core values? And what is my purpose? And can I apply those things, not just to work, which is super important, but also to all areas of my life? And going through the process, it's like, it's so enjoyable and fun for me because I love hearing people's stories and everybody has a different story. Everybody's had trials and triumphs. Nobody comes in like, like nothing's ever happened to them. Right. And to process through that and to sort of reframe our self-limiting patterns and to understand the labels we've like taken on rightly or wrongly. And and reframe those, re, rediscover who you are today, which is very different than who you were at 22. And then mm-hmm. look to the future and say, all right, now that I know all of this, what do I want to do? What's the best path? And so a lot of people come to me and they're like, these are the three things I'm trying to decide between. Like, should I sell my agency? I already have and now I don't know what to do. Do I start something else? Do I do, mm-hmm. you know, some people come to me and they're like, I just want to fall back in love with what i'm doing and i just don't know how you know they feel that same angst i felt you know when i was at hgtv or there's some people that are like i'm tired of pushing my dream to the side like i want to do something crazy and i know it'll seem crazy to everybody else but it doesn't seem so crazy to me and i want to vet mm-hmm. it out with you and you know sometimes those dreams sound you know when once we go through the entire process we think that's, you should totally go after this. And sometimes it's like, you know what, you should make that a hobby. <laughs> you know? So, so the, the process really flushes things out, but people leave with an amazing moments of aha. And they, mm-hmm. they leave knowing who they are even on a, on a deeper level, but also they are able to articulate who they are. They have like words and definitions and it's so empowering to them. And so a lot of people leave with confidence and, um, and really a clear action plan. That's, you know, another favorite thing is to like put pen to paper and say, all right, here are some things you can do over the next, you know, six months to a year. That's really going to help you move the needle on this. And, Mm -hmm. and that's freeing. Sometimes people think planning you know, for your life is going to be restrictive, or you shouldn't do that. You should just fly by the seat of your pants. But when we fly by the seat of our pants, we wake up one day and we're like, what just happened? Where are we? Mm -hmm. I missed everything. And when you have a plan, you can more easily let go and live, you know, because you have a direction that you're going in. So it's such a fun thing to do. I love doing it. I love you know, what the clarity it brings to people's lives. And, and now we just launched a course because I really want it to be more accessible to all people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just want to do it in the privacy of their own home. And, but I love how it's turned out and it, it's been super exciting. So it's kind of my passion project and I see doing it for, you know, the next couple decades of my life because I, wow. yeah, I just feel like it's the thing for me. And so really,
1: Yeah, I love it. that. Do you find, and maybe it's not a, or, but do you find there are more people come to you looking for this because they have that nagging question of why am I doing this nine to five? I wake up every day. I'm miserable, blah, blah, blah. What if there's more, or they have a pivotal event in their life that says, wait, you know, a lot of people come out of COVID like, oh man, life's too short. Why am I wasting time? You know doing this or not doing that um you know for, for me i had a pivotal event right before covid that was like life is way too short you need to take a chance have some courage make a move launch a thing do whatever um so is it more the nag in question or the there's a pivotal event or is it the same
0: yeah, I'd say it's both. I mean, I've had people who've come to me, you know, because they went through a divorce, you know, six <clears> months <throat> a year ago, and they've restabilized and they want to, you know, just redefine their lives. I've, I've had people who've had very tragic events happen to them. Um, but I've also had people that just have hit a crossroads, and it could be a midlife crossroads. It's really any kind of crossroads, I think, you know, even if it's just a, an awakening, crossroads where they wake up, like you just said, you know, post pandemic, and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. I know I have gifts and talents. I and I know this all should mean so much more to me. Um, and work, you know, work's always going to be work, it's going to be toil, it, you know, but it shouldn't suck the life out of you. It shouldn't <laughs> be this soul sucking experience, you know, yep. we should be able to find energy and reason in it. And so I think, you know, sometimes when we hit those crossroads, whether it's an age crossroad or a life event crossroad, we're awakened to like all the different areas of our life and and wanting to to really frame meaning around it mm-hmm. so that we can show up better. And so whether that's our, you know, personal life, our professional life or, you know, life in our neighborhood or in our city, I think people are really trying to live more intentionally and trying to find some framework, especially because our world is so divided and chaotic. And I think people are thinking, you know what? It can't, this, this isn't right. This isn't what life is supposed to be. And so I think there are people that are like, I'm going to make it different. I'm going to reclaim it for myself in a different way. And I'm going to push out all this noise and all this fear and all Mm -hmm. this negativity and I'm gonna hold on to hope and I'm gonna figure out what my hope is and what I wanna place my hope in. And so, yeah, those are the types of people that are coming to me.
1: So in addition to reading your book, taking your course, going on a eat, pray, love journey through India or Italy (laughs) or whatever, what are, you know, whether it's leadership, entrepreneurship or just anybody, um, what are some of the questions that people could be asking themselves to really dig into Is there more? Is this my purpose? Is this my significance? What should I be doing? What are are some of those things they should be looking for?
0: I think people should be asking themselves, you know, am I on autopilot? Is life living me or am I living it? And Mm -hmm. if they um, feel like, dang, I think maybe I'm just going through the motions um, and maybe I've just been following the pre-described, you know, life I was supposed to lead or, you know, and and if they realize that, then I think they need to ask themselves, you know, what do I really want and, and are the things I want worth wanting?
1: You know, worth wanting they, and worth working for, right? Making right? the change for or doing the thing for, yeah.
0: Yeah. Are they worthy? Because if you're just working for the money, I mean, you have to pay the bills, but is that really worth it all you know what mm-hmm. i mean and or or fame which i find people are just obsessed with today you know how many followers or what's my platform or all those things and they have gotten their head all messed up into that and it's like yeah. okay well you know some of the most beautiful things happen in the space between two people in the ordinary day so you know maybe stop chasing after fame because it's not really worthy it's you know and so just you know, read, you know, waking your mind up to and asking yourself some of these questions, I think can be a very powerful experience for people.
1: Yeah. And even I think, I mean, that fame that people chase that like the number of likes, the, that endorphin rush, it's people that they'll never even meet in person. There's no physical, like intimate, true connection there. And to me, I don't understand it. Like, and sure. I also get a rush. Oh my God. So-and-so many people listen to the podcast or, Liked a thing or opened my email or whatever, so I get it. But yeah, it's it doesn't. It, I don't think it's tied to somebody's true authentic self. Right, um, and those
0: things should be additive. They shouldn't be what's yeah. driving you. You know, right. if you're really following your mission and you really, honestly and authentically want to to positively impact the world. Then if those other things come, you know, money, title, whatever, fame, great. Like those are additive, but they should mm-hmm. never be your driving force.
1: Yeah. One of the big things that I dig into with um, agency owners is what their goals are, but more importantly, why are they what they are? And not mm-hmm. not on the Simon Sinek track of like start with why, but more like, are, you, are your goals true to you and to your family and what you want this business to be for your team and, and the people that are involved in it? Or are you like parroting somebody else's goal? Cause you heard it sounds cool to hit seven figures or 25 people or to exit through an acquisition or whatever. And it's amazing to me how many people realize if they ask themselves just a couple of questions, that's not even a goal that means anything to me. No wonder my team's not rallying behind me. No wonder there's that disconnect between what I say and what we're actually doing. Why can't I get there? You can't get there because it's not really a true goal. It's not yours. You, you're not owning it. And, yep. um, so I'm, I'm curious for you, what does your vision of success look like?
0: Yeah, for me, you know, again, one of the reasons why I my, the subtitle of my book is Finding Significance Beyond Success. And mm-hmm. for me, redefining success um, away from that drive of like a money, fame title mm-hmm. has been to just, you know, use my gifts and talents, you know, to help other people figure out what their full potential is, you know, to help other people figure out how they can uniquely impact the world around them, big or small, and, and help them realize it doesn't matter if it's big or small, as long as they know, you know, I believe we're all uniquely designed, you know, just like our fingerprints on the outside, we're uniquely Mm -hmm. designed on the inside. So tap into that. And so I feel like my mission on earth is to help people figure out what their internal fingerprint is, and then go forth and, and really live that out. And so that's, to me, what success looks like when I can help one person do that is when mm-hmm. I feel the best, I feel fulfilled.
1: Yeah, I love that. Now, are you still working in the agency with your husband or focusing more on the, on the coursework and the passion projects?
0: Yeah, both, both. Okay. So, you know, Strategic Life Map is part of Navigate the Journey's offerings and it's, you know, my my baby, my <laughs> my thing that I mm-hmm. I love to work with and um, you know, I you'll see me at digital bureau events and you know different events talking about this type of thing because, you know, I think it's important for, you know, all agency leaders and owners to think about their life 360. And so, yeah. um, yeah, so it's it's definitely where I'm putting the vast majority of my energy, but we still do all the things we do um, at at Navigate. So, which is great
1: fun. There's so much to admire there. I mean, you juggle a lot and it seems like you put passion into everything that you're doing, which I think is kind of this phase of your life that you've designed that I'm not gonna do things that I can't put passion into. And like you said, help people find their blueprint. And um, so I I really admire that. because I think a lot of people will do the passion project because the nine to five sucks the life out of them, or, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have those side things that will feed their soul more. And it seems like you are just intentionally doing it in all areas. And that's something very inspirational. So mm-hmm. I love that. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: Um, so I want to shift gears to a couple quick rapid fire questions, not related to the book, the course, the, the uh, agency for you. So um what, what's a, uh, a book or a show or a podcast or something that you just can't get enough of these days?
0: Oh, wow. There's a couple. So I am as part of my journey, you know, to living a significant life, i I'm really into, um, health and wellness. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I age, I'm now in my fifties. And so I really have to make sure that I'm optimizing my health and I want to live a long and, and healthy life. And, mm-hmm. and so I listen a lot to Dr. Will Cole as a functional medicine doctor, the art of being well is one of my favorite, but I just started listening to Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus's new podcast, mm-hmm. um, where she interviews older women and about their wisdom. And it is like a mix of just, what you'd expect out of Julia Louise Dreyfus, like, you know, really learning from these women, but laughing out loud at the same time. So I, I love podcasts. I love listening to them and I could probably name about 10 and you'd be like, stop naming them. (laughs) (laughs) Those are two that I'm, I listen to a lot. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, what is a tool, whether it's digital, physical, personal, professional that you've recently integrated into, your workflow or your day or, or just your life in general that you've now found completely indispensable?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, I am not, you know, as meant as for as many tech firms that we help, I am not a very tech person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do spend a lot of time on Slack and a lot of time mm-hmm. on Trello. And I used to not be a big Trello board user, but, now I am because my um my coordinator and my um my director of operations, they're really good at it and they have just mm. shoved me in there. And so now I'm dragging things over and checking and improving and um so I kinda I know that Trello is not new to most people, but um
1: New to you and New to and, me. And,
0: and I'm And when you it embrace
1: of- something and you're following the lead of somebody who is a power user. I think that it makes a huge impact. I use it for a lot of my, uh, my one-to-one clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I track my, some of my gardening, uh, water schedules and things in the Trello board also. So it's not as satisfying as crossing something off on a piece of paper, but moving things over can be, can be pretty exciting. Uh, so finally, what's an invaluable piece of business advice that you can share with us?
0: Uh, my, my best advice to myself and to others that I'm coaching is really, it's all about progress, not perfection. Mm. So every day, just try to be the best version of yourself, not somebody else. You know, this isn't a competition. This is really the best version of you. And all that means is that you just try to be more curious. You try to learn, you try to just get a little bit better every single day and when you go to bed at night you can say i did the very best that i could with what i have Mm -hmm. and as opposed to that endless pursuit of being perfect or competition or you know accumulation of things just every day to me is just getting a little bit better and i'll still be learning and growing till the day i die Mm -hmm. and and i've accepted that so perfection is gone but progress is is to me completely doable and so for us as leaders If every leader just committed to that, what a better world it would be.
1: I love that. That's really, really powerful. So uh, Tracy, thank you for your time. Thank you for your experience and wisdom. Um, And I am grateful for you joining me today.
0: Thank you. This has been great. Thanks, Steve. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.